again next. I'm sorry. All right. Welcome, everybody. What a beautiful day out there. Isn't it nice? I mean, it's like supposed to get to 40 degrees. This is If this is Pustatani Phil's idea of winter, let's just keep it going. We'll go right into spring. I'm happy about it. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, if you stop by the Welcome Center, we would love to uh, uh, give you a gift and welcome you officially. And if you're online, you'll have to do that at this point with an email at office at sbtnd.org and let us know that you're out there listening because our... Um, All right, so uh, so people are texting me, so I've got to pay attention today. It's a little bit different, so I apologize for that. But you can sign up and let us know you're out there. Giving is online now. We've got that back up and running, and you can see the uh, scan code for that as you uh, go online to do that as well. Today is Super Bowl Sunday with the O or the U. Either one you want to look at, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, the uh, teenagers and their families are invited to join the gift class. After this service, uh, for some soup and whatever else that they have over there, it's tons of stuff that they have over there, and uh, they're going to be fellowshipping together after this class. And then missionaries of the week are Jonathan and Emily Washer, and uh, let me share with you uh, what they had going. So they're the missionaries that are uh, to the prisons inside the lines, and it says, uh, prison update, first prison of our Florida travels. Santa Rosa Correctional and Milton, Florida. In Milton, Florida, there were seven teams participating, about 30 men listening during the gospel message. They were very respectful and attentive. Four men responded to take God's gift of salvation. Here is what two of them said: quote, "God forgave me for my past, for my sins, past, future, and present. He loves me." End quote. Next one quote. God forgave me for all my sins and gave me eternal life through the faith of his son, Jesus Christ. So uh, that's exciting to listen to those testimonies, good solid testimonies as uh, prisoners have come to know Christ as their Savior. Uh, one thing that did not make it to the uh, slides is that we have, we are hosting a Maranatha choir, about a 45-voice choir is going to be coming through on Thursday, March the 2nd. So that week we'll move our Wednesday services to Thursday. But we could use your help, and there's a place for you to sign up out there. Um, we need to house those students, so we need to get places for about 22 girls and 22 guys. Uh, so, you know, if you can take a couple of them. This is a blessing to your family. I'm telling you, it's just always a joy to have a chance to do this. Uh, what you would be committing to is to uh, taking them from this church service on that Thursday home, uh, give them a place to sleep. And by the way, that place to sleep, they're, they're already used to sharing beds, they're used to uh, couches, they're used to blow-up mattresses, they're traveling choir, uh, that's just the way it is, so they'll, they'll be able to fit whatever your accommodations are. And then if you would get them breakfast and then get them back here uh, on Friday morning, that would be your commitment, and so you can sign up and let us know uh, what we have out there, that would be a great help. And then we're uh, reading letters from our teenagers from camp last year. Uh, it says, uh, Dear Southeast, I decided to read my Bible, so pray for me that I will keep doing it. I like that one. Uh, dear SPT, I am working on being a better sibling. Now, every parent wants to know who it is that wrote that. These are anonymous, so I don't know. Like, they want to check up and see if their kid's doing it. I don't know. This person, I don't know who they are, but if you can zoom that camera in really close, I'll show you 
the picture that they drew. Can you can you do that? Is it possible to put that up any place? Never mind. It's not going to get up there. I'll just set it out there for you to see. It, I got to give them warning for that. But they picked. They drew a picture of Pastor John, and uh, they did get. They, apparently, I have really big ears. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, you have to just take a look at it. They got that. But it says, uh, "Dear Southeast." Please pray that I would reevaluate who I have in my life and who I base my choices on. That's a good prayer request. So uh, let's pray for those teenagers. And we have about 40 some of them going to camp again this next year already. So uh, get your teenagers signed up if you haven't done so already. Um, I'm going to update you on uh, the Klingemans in detail a little later so I can get the choir out of here. But just in case you don't know, um, the Klingemans who left in December for Guam as missionaries, um, their 18-year-old son, Caleb, was killed in a drowning accident on Tuesday was when he officially was declared. So... um, We'll uh, we'll give you more updates, but we'll let the choir do the thing so that they can get to where they need to go.
Thank you, Cora. Aren't you thankful that we have that rock when life kind of throws us around and things happen that we're not expecting, that God can be our help, He can be our peace, He can be there for us. Let's stand together and sing, It Is Well With My Soul. together on the last.
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them, them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. May God's word prosper whereto he sent it. You may be seated.
Thank you, Rachel. In Christ alone, right? He's uh, our need. Uh, we're going to uh, sing Wonderful Peace, uh, flowing down from the Father above. You can stay uh, seated, but we'll sing together Wonderful Peace. Far away in the depths of my spirit did I roll some melody. ago uh, through the wilds. A guy from Northland uh, wrote it. Just two verses talking about the peace that God gives us. He's the Lord of Lords. Uh, winds and waves obey and he can give us rest in his perfect peace. We'll sing the first verse twice this morning just so you can learn it. And so if you know it, join in if not listen. We'll sing perfect peace. When
certain breath of life is taken. He is with us when our mortal souls awaken. So unaware, He is there, close beside us in each moment we are given.
Amen. Thank you, Ms. Jeanette. And this week we have needed him to be there. Isn't it good that he is there? All right, I'm going to give you an update on some things, talk to you about tonight. Tonight, uh, we need to uh, ask your permission to do something we've already done. Uh, so we've just stepped in to help the Klingemans on your behalf. We figured you would uh, be behind that, and so far you've I've heard nothing but positive. So, um, so Bruce and Caleb were swimming. They both got caught in a riptide. They were taken down into the bottom of the ocean, and Caleb got caught in a reef where he was under the water for about 15 minutes, and uh, Bruce was washed up on shore. He was in the hospital until, I can't remember, it was Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was Wednesday night, our time, Thursday their time. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, he's he's recuperating physically and, and just physically he's doing well, emotionally and spiritually he's doing well, you know, as well as you could be expected to be at this time. So, um, but um, it takes just trying to figure out all of our thoughts so that you know. Um, it takes about $8,000 to get Caleb's body prepped and sent back home. Uh, $1,500 one way for tickets for each of the family members. And so we just uh, put, just to, just to start, you know, to, we put $15,000 in there account so that they could get all of those things done and get the family here. Um, on Wednesday, when Dave and Jonathan were here, I said to them, you know, because they hadn't seen their family, you know, they've been here, and um, said it's going to be at least another week. It takes uh, 10 to 15 days for the to process the body and do all this stuff. So it's going to be at least another week. Are you guys okay with staying here? And they said to him, uh, you know, hesitantly, you know, Pastor, we'll, we'll be okay. And then uh, I said, well, if something changes, you let me know. And Thursday I got a call from David, and he said, you know, I talked to my dad, and dad really thinks it would be great if we could be here. So, again, on your behalf, we put them on a plane, 30-hour flight uh, to get them to Guam. They they left Thursday night. They got there uh, our time about 4.30 Saturday morning. Um, so they're in Guam. This is something that's really cool, I think. I think you'll appreciate this. Um, David and David and Jonathan and their dad decided to let it be a surprise to mom. So uh, when, so you get the idea. So uh, anyway. Um, so, uh, so then they'll be coming back. So Bruce has been released now to fly, and they're going to fly out on Saturday. Um, they, they're hoping to be their Saturday, which will be our Friday, and they'll arrive here Saturday night, and they're hoping to be at church Sunday morning. Now, they'll be exhausted, but they're hoping to be at church. And I told them that they can't be, we all understand. But that's what their hope is. So next Sunday, uh, you know, they're wanting to see you. Um, so once they get back here, then Caleb cannot fly out until Sunday. Uh, so they'll, I think that's Sunday, their time. Okay, so it would be Sunday morning early. So it would still be Sunday here, but it will be... Anyway, so he'll probably get here on Tuesday. I mean, this is just me putting the thoughts together. I don't really know. But anyway, um, so they've. I, I tell everybody who's going through funerals, I do this always, um, you just figure out what date works for you, we'll make it work on our end. And um, so what works so that 
The pastors who want to come can come without missing church so that the uh, family can fly in from Alabama and uh, from Nashville area. And so they ask for Saturday the 18th. Happens to be that we have a wedding shower open house or wedding open house on Saturday the 18th for Matt and Mary, who got married yesterday, by the way. Congratulations to Matt and Mary. We don't want to overshadow that. Uh, they got married and beautiful. And so. Uh, they don't necessarily know unless they're watching me this morning that we've we've kind of taken their day away here and are going to ask them to reschedule it. And it's a lot of hoops to jump through for them because they did mail out invitations for that. Um, but I assured them that we would work it out in some way. I'm going to assure them. If they're listening, I'm assuring them that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, so it'll be Saturday the 18th at 1 o'clock. Um, so teenagers, I guess you probably know that they've asked you guys to sing, right? And uh, Sorry. So, but they didn't know yet, Pastor Andrew hadn't. <laughs> Open that foot, get that foot out of there. Anyway, uh, Miss Monette said, would it be possible for the teenagers to sing? Uh, um, but I want to say, yeah, I love you. You know, love to tell you while I can, right? And uh, teaching us some things. Anyway, um, keep going. So, uh, so what we've done is we've taken up offerings. There's some offering bat, uh, whatever boxes outside the doors. You saw probably uh, for the Klingemans. You can help, uh, you know, de- defray some of that cost. We've also started to go fund me. I think. We've got, taken in about eight thousand dollars between the two, maybe maybe a little more. I don't know, but uh, you know, people are generous and gracious, and we just got that all started. And so, uh, I'm not a big fan of the GoFundMe, quite honestly, because for one, it costs you three percent of the money. I just if you can give it through here, it all goes to them, and you don't lose that whatever. So, um, but other people from around the nation have been calling us saying, how can we give, how can we give? We're just trying to make it all happen, and it happens that our website had gone down. You know, it's just that kind of thing. Lord Lord knows. Lord's timing is always perfect. So uh, anyway, so that's, that's you know as much as I know uh, as those things go. So just pray for them, and, uh, you know, they are, uh, you know, they're doing as well as you could be, be expected to be doing. So... Uh, we're looking forward to being able to see them uh, next week. It is an interesting thing, um, as we've been going through our Wednesday studies, uh, that we started back in November a study on a healthy church. What makes a healthy church? And so we, you know, we studied through all of that. I think it was eight weeks. And after we get to the end of that study, the last one is, and by the way, part of that healthy church is how we interact with one another. You, you have to go back and just follow the study to get all of this. So... What's, what, I, what, it, what is right now upon us is God has said, okay, Southeast, here's your chance to show what a healthy church looks like. Right? This, is, this is our opportunity to step up to the plate, and already you've been doing it. I'm so uh, blessed to be your pastor. And so uh, you've just been responding just the way you want. And then the, the last thing of being a healthy church was to pray for you know, to, to a healthy church, a praying church. And then that got us into a study on prayer uh, in the month of January and then uh, into prayer meetings. And, I mean, if ever 
Our church needed what we've been studying on Wednesday. It is a time like this, right? When, when we're all hurting and we don't really know. And, and having said all that, let me, can I say this? I don't want other people to get lost in, in somebody else's devastation. Because the reality is there's hurts all over this congregation. Right? This is just the one that is at the forefront right now because it, it seems tragic when it's a young person and that makes it difficult. But the reality is there's hurts everywhere, you know, and so uh, the, the need for a healthy church. God is, God is reminding us why the church is so important. You know, I mean, we, we can sometimes forget. It's like, oh, if I miss, it's not that big a deal. But the reality is we've been fighting a battle all week long. We come back to church. And, and it's not, we, we do come to worship, but it's not merely to worship. It is to rub elbows with God's people and let that experience of knowing God's people and, and of a church functioning the way it's supposed to, as it, as it does its job, it revitalizes us, it rejuvenates us, it empowers us to face another day. And we have been so reminded of how important it is to have a church, to be a part of a body of believers that God is working in and through. And uh, so, real quickly, I'm going to kind of run through some things for you, and, and uh, then we'll come back. And just so you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not apologizing for. T- I'm fine. People keep on a pastor. Are you doing? Okay? I am. I'm fine. I, I happen to be a guy who just. I, I carry my feelings here, you know, it's just, it is, right? So, and quite honestly, when you hurt, I hurt. That's just what it means to be a pastor, you know, it's, uh, we share that. And so, but I'm fine. I, I really am. I, tears are cathartic, right? So just let, let it go. Uh, but anyway, um, in, the, in the scripture, uh, God's people are called by many names. One of them is Christian. And that literally means because we follow after Christ, we've accepted Christ as our Savior. It's the idea that there was a time I understood I was a sinner and that I could not get myself to heaven. And so I place my faith, my trust, my confidence in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary as the payment for my sin. And that confidence then is what we find our hope in. As uh, John read just a moment ago in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, that hope. We start out as others who have no hope. We have the great hope, and that hope is expectation, right, is an expectation, that we're going to see Caleb again. Because I've trusted Christ as my Savior, and I know that Caleb trusted Christ as his Savior, not because he came to our church. People go to church all the time without knowing Christ. We know that because Caleb actually shared that with us. In the last 16 months, we've, we've had a chance to hear him preach, and a couple times to share testimonies. And we know that Caleb is in heaven because we actually heard it, which means I'm asking a favor of all of you. I I would love this if you would all write out your testimony and just answer this one question. What are you trusting to get you to heaven? Uh, That would be great because, you know, if, if God forbid, if God forbid that he would allow me to be the one to preach your funeral, like I'm about to with Caleb. I want to know. I want to have that comfort. 
And so I would love it if you would write that out for me. Some of you have already done so. That's great. I appreciate it. But uh, anyway, so we're called Christians because we've trusted Christ as our Savior. We're called disciples because we follow Christ. We're called saints, not because we're good people, but because we're made perfect. We're made righteous. We're made holy through the blood of Jesus Christ, just as if I'd never sinned. We're called believers. We're called the followers of the way. I like that one. Because it was intended to be a slam on people, right? Oh, you follow after that way. That's the way, the, that's the way it's used in the Bible. Like the Christians were somebody who were, we need to stay away from them. They followed the way. And I wear that as a badge. You know, that's like fantastic. We follow the way. And it, I like it because implied in it is that no one else knows the way. <laughs> you understand? I mean, the, that's the reality is Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by him. And, and so it, it's just, you know, we follow, we're followers of the way. Um, we're called friends. Jesus said, I don't call you just anybody. I call you my friend. We're called servants. We're called the elect. But the one I want to focus on is the one that I'm bringing up the last. We are called brother. What an incredible thought that God in salvation makes us one of his children. And if I'm a child of God, and you're a child of God, and you're a child of God, what does that make us? Brother and sister. You see how this works? We are brother and sister. And so when we recognize what the church is all about, we're not just a bunch of random people getting together because we have a pretty building and nothing better to do on Sunday morning. What we are, are brothers and sisters coming together in a family reunion once, twice, three times a week, rubbing elbows with one another, hugging each other's neck, encouraging. That's what the church is. And like never before, we are seeing the desperate need of church in our lives. We're reminded. And folks, if, if you say, you know, I don't get it, Pastor. Well, one day life's going to slap you upside the head too. Because that's what life does. It's not God doing it. No. We are in a sin-cursed world, living under the curse of sin. Now that curse is broken through Jesus Christ, but we still live in the sin-cursed world. And so we go out every week and we get beaten and battered and bruised, and we come in. And what we need is to worship God together, and what we need from one another is that whole concept of one-anothering in the Scripture. And that's what we're going to look at today. All this is introduction, but the message is short. I promise, all right? So we're going to focus, if we can, please, on Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Because this is where we are with the Klingman family. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Father, God, we are such a needy people today. We don't understand life, and our hearts are broken, but we trust you to be a good God. We trust you to be gracious and kind and merciful. We bring our brothers and sisters in the Klingman family before you and pray that you would wrap your arms around them and love them, help them to recognize and realize how much you love them and are watching out for them. 
that you would give them a peace that passes all understanding. And God, help us as a body of believers to, as every joint fits together, work so together that as we come back in together, battered and bruised, broken and hurting, that, Father, you would use us in the lives of one another to strengthen, to build up. And, Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how do we do this? We're called upon by God to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And it's especially difficult when you have hurting, you know, hurting brother and sister who are 15 hours of uh, different time zone. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult, but we need to figure out how. And, and you've just been responding to this whole thing so wonderfully. It's been a long week. This has all been within the same week. Uh, it seems like forever ago now, but uh, it's it's just incredible. So what we're going to do is look at the one another in the Scripture. The Bible tells us to do these things. And we're going to focus on the Klingemans today, but don't limit it, right? It's not limited to Klingemans. It's, it's for anyone and everyone sitting out here who, who might be hurting. And here's what I know about people. Not everybody's like your pastor and wears everything right on the outside, right? I mean, what, what, what we do is we come to church and we act the way we're supposed to act. I, I mentioned it in the first service. I don't know if the claimants are watching, and, and I'm not trying to hurt them, but here's what I know. They went to church this morning, by the way. I, uh, I called Bruce last night and, and uh, said, hey, I don't know what time it is there. And he said, well, we're getting ready to leave for church. It was Sunday morning, and so they were getting ready to leave for church. Praise the Lord. So they went to church uh, already, and so it's Sunday night there. Um, and I, I, what I said this morning was this. Bruce will do what a missionary is supposed to do. He's going to go to church. He's going to come here next Sunday. And he's going to tell us that God's been good. That God's been giving him strength. He's going to say everything that he's supposed to say. Because there's pressure upon him to do what he's supposed to do. He's a missionary. Jonathan and David go to Bible college, and they're going to say all the right things. They've been spending years learning how to say just the right thing. This is what God says. But the reality is they're still human beings. And in the nighttime, and Bruce has told me this, when he closes his eyes and begins to relive the moments, that's when the devil starts whispering. If God was so good, why? And you know how, you know what God has provided for that? Yes, God has given Bruce his word. And yes, God has given Bruce his spirit. But the other thing is that God gave Bruce a family that is to come alongside and love one another and comfort one another. This is what the Bible teaches. This is why church is so terribly important that we must make church a part of what we're doing because one day when we least expect it life slams us into the wall and the devil begins to whisper and God's people are there to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ and that becomes our challenge 
So we're to love, we're to comfort one another, to encourage one another, to admonish one another. There's this one little one in here, it's in the scripture, says, judge not one another. And I don't want to focus on that one for a moment, because I'm going to tell you, not everybody grieves the same. And sometimes we're tempted to say, how can they be laughing and having a good time when... And I'm just telling you, our job is not to be picking, right? That's not what we do. We're God's family here. And we recognize that people deal with their hurts in different ways. I'm sitting here looking at different people. Right? There's some of you I've never seen shed a tear. And there's some of you who cry along with your pastor every, almost every Sunday, it seems like, lately. But, you know, <laughs> you cry along with your pastor, right? I, I, I'm aware, and it doesn't mean that I'm right, you're wrong, you're right, and I'm wrong. It means we're different. That's what it means. And, and we're not called upon to say, well, if. No, that's not our job. Our job is to come alongside and comfort that person through and recognize that just because someone is different doesn't mean they're not hurting doesn't mean they're not questioning. I, I said to Jonathan David on, on, on the way to the airport, guys, you know, just because you're in Bible college does not immunize you from doubting God and questioning God. When those times come, you need to, you need to rely, rely on somebody. Yes, the Lord, and I'm aware of that, but God, in His wisdom, gave us brothers and sisters. And he said, we're supposed to do this for one another. And so I'm trying to help us. And next Sunday, <laughs> there's 300 people here today. I don't know, between the two services, we've had good, good crowds. Next Sunday, if 300 people go up and hug their necks, that's a little overwhelming. You understand what I'm saying? It just is. Let's be honest. It's a little overwhelming. If, if all of us today went home and texted them a message today, it's a little overwhelming. But here's what I know human nature is. I've been doing this for years. I've been your pastor almost 32 years. Here's what human nature is. Three weeks from now, four weeks from now, our lives have gone on. We're back to routine. But they're a long way from routine. They're a long way from it. And it's easy for us to forget. So if you want to do the texting, put it on your calendar. Four weeks from today, you're going to text Miss Manette. You're going to text Bruce and let them know you love me and pray for Mark, because that's when the devil's going to be slipping in. Right now, they're surrounded by people keeping, holding them up, holding them up, and they're finding that strength to carry them through. But when everybody walks away, and they're back in Guam by themselves, and every day they have to look out at the ocean, every day, that's when life gets hard. And we need to understand what a church family is all about. So we comfort one another. We greet one another. This is a, this greeting thing is just real simple, right? I'm, I talked about hugging their necks. But the opposite is just as bad, right? There's some people like, I don't know what to say, so I'm not going to say anything. And you just pretend like nothing happened. It's not going away just because you walk out the other door, you understand? They're still in the middle of their problem, so it's not a problem, it's a circumstance, I should say. 
You know, it's not a problem because God's in control of it, right? And, and we know that. Caleb's with the Lord, and so, <laughs> you know, he's Caleb's with the Lord. Um, did I talk about our prayer meetings already in this service? I'm sorry, I'm not all clear on thought. So, you know, Caleb is with the Lord. We had the privilege of hearing his testimony. I've been thinking about this. So, Monday, Caleb is still, he's on life support, and, you know, so we're like, if his heart's beating, let's pray that God raises him up, right? We just pray that without apology. And in my mind, and Bruce told me, he said, Pastor, I know Caleb went to be with the Lord in the water. He he doesn't, the life support, he thinks that wasn't Caleb, and I'm, who, who are we to argue these points, right? So, anyway, I'm imagining this. I, I, here's what I'm imagining. We're down here saying, Lord, please give us Caleb back. Lord. And Caleb's up there sitting by the Heavenly Father saying, God, please, don't make me go back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's my imagination. You know, I don't want to go back. Well, who would want to leave heaven to come back here, right? That wouldn't make sense. Oh. But anyway, uh, serve one another. Be kind to one another. Forgive one another. Pray for one another. The last one I want to focus on is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says this, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So here's the idea. That provoking unto love and a good works is not like making them angry and you know, provoking like prodding. No, what it is is like, you know, it's been rough, but God's still good. Don't quit. Don't give up. Not time to not time to throw in the towel. We God is still worth serving. We provoke them to good works. See, our job is to send them back to Guam. It really is. God called them there. And that's quite honestly Bruce's heart. He wants to go back. But that doesn't make it easy. Right? It doesn't make it easy to leave two other of your boys here and go thirty hours away on on a plane. That doesn't make it easy. But our job is to keep them focused. Our job as we come together every Sunday for one another is to remind us that God's still good. God still loves us. Life is hard, yes, but God hasn't left us. He's still here. And and to provoke unto good works. And uh, I've set myself up for disaster, but you'll help me, right? You know, you know this song, so you know what you can help me sing it. I'm going to sing a song. Because this is really what it is to be a church. It's called We're Part of the Family, right? We're called Brothers and Sisters. And, and you know, the idea is that we're children of God, and we literally are a family. And uh, so the song says this. We're part of the family that's been born again. Part of the family whose love knows no end, for Jesus has saved us and made us his own. Now we're part of the family that's on its way home. And sometimes we laugh together, sometimes we cry, Some, <clears throat> sorry. sometimes we share together heartaches and sighs, sometimes we dream together of how it must be when we all live forever in God's family. Listen to the second verse. When a brother meets sorrow, we all feel the grief. When he's passed through the valley, 
We all feel relief. We're together in sunshine. We're together in rain. We're together in victory through His precious name. And sometimes we laugh together. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we share together heartaches and sighs. Sometimes we dream together of how it will be when we all live forever in God's family. That's why you need a church in your life consistently. That's what we do together. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Pastor John, it's not just the Clingman's pastor. I'm going through my own. People may not know it, but pastor, my heart is breaking. Struggles that I'm facing and from time to time, the devil whispers those things in my ears. And Pastor, I, I need God's people to help bear that burden. Pastor, would you just pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for your hands just shooting up across the place? Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, you talked about being a brother. You talked about being a Christian. You talked about being a believer. But the truth is, Pastor... I can't remember a time when I placed my faith, my confidence, my trust in Jesus Christ and His death on the cross to be the payment for my sins. Truth is, Pastor, if I'm Caleb, I'm not certain that I'm in heaven. I'm not sure where I would spend eternity. And I'm concerned about my soul. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Let me give you some great news. Here's what the Bible says. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believing is placing your confidence, your trust, your faith in what Jesus did on the cross as the payment for your sins. And when we do that, God takes away our sin debt and gives us the wonderful gift of eternal life. That's what the Bible says. And right now, right where you're sitting in the quietness of this moment, you can put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can ask Him to forgive you for sins and to save you. And a God who cannot lie will keep His promise. Right now, right where you're sitting, Lord, please forgive me my sins. As best I know how, I'm trusting your Son's death on the cross as the payment for my sins. And God will keep His promise. Just like He did for those prisoners that we read about earlier. Would you do that? If you say, Pastor, please, everybody has your heads bowed, their eyes closed, but if you say, Pastor, as best I know how I did that sitting right here this morning, I asked Jesus to forgive me my sins and save me. Would you look up at me for just a moment and make eye contact with me so I can talk to you? Did you mean that? God's not a liar. Amen. Anyone else? Make sure I see it. Father, so many hurting hearts. Thank you for this one pray that you would be with the others that raise their hand, give them that courage to trust your son today. God, I pray that you would wrap each of these ones who are hurting in your great love. That the church would be healthy and fulfill its role to bear each other's burdens today. To be able to be that help. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing, Jesus, I am resting, resting.
Everything you step out, let the Lord have his way, would you? Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of my loving heart. Thou hast bid me gaze upon thee as thy beauty fills my soul. so much for uh, for that kind of attention. So uh, pray for one another. You never know just how desperately people need our prayers, right? Um, sometimes you don't know what life's going to deal out. So anything I'm supposed to announce for the teenagers in the Super Bowl Sunday with the gift class? Just get over there and eat eventually, I guess. There's a ton of food over there. I saw it. So it looks like it's going to be good. And uh, tonight, I do need to mention this to you tonight, um, two things. One is we're going to observe the Lord's table tonight. Probably one of the one of the very most unique things that God's people do together as family is the Lord's table. And uh, then also I want you to think about this question. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you three questions and I'll give you two of them. One is, what do you know about heaven? What do you know? Absolutely, you know it. Two is, what do you think about heaven? And then we'll get to the third one when we get there tonight. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. God bless you.